0: Lovewell Creative, in partnership with Crosswalk Church, presents the Sacred Echo Podcast. In this podcast, we'll hear from the teaching team from Crosswalk Church about the upcoming sermon series, sermons, how they process, about faith, life, love, and friendship as well. For more information on Crosswalk Church, go to www.crosswalkvillage.com. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome to the Sacred Echo podcast. This is Pastor Tim Gillespie. I'm here with Pastor Patty McCoy and Pastor Dave Ferguson, and we've taken a couple weeks off, but we're happy to be back with you. How are you guys doing? Patty, you're up in Portland right now, yeah?
1: Up in Portland, didn't go anywhere, stayed home, kids came home, just enjoyed time at home. My other pastors at Crosswalk Portland left me, so I had to. Um, but well, you're so, in charge of that. Can't, you don't have to give me yeah. vacation. If, you know, <laughs> it's true. Want to. It's, true. <laughs> it's true. But one hasn't been home to, to Africa in, in years. So I felt like that kind of, you know, took the cake there, but, uh, yeah, no good. Had a good holiday and excited to be back with you guys. Get into a new Excellent. series. Excellent. And Dave, you're in
0: Arizona. Is that right?
1: I
2: am. We had a great Christmas and, uh, spent new year's day driving, new year's even new year's day driving. So, we're headed to LA to North Hollywood where our, our middle daughter is with her dog. So we are we're oh, full that's on a good dab right there. Parent Love Central right now, but we're in Flagstaff, Arizona. We're gonna get done with this this recording and head up to the Grand Canyon. But we had just a lot of great family time. All the family came in to uh, Chattanooga. <clears throat> And uh, we, for, for Crosswalk Chattanooga, it was kind of a new day in that we are in our own facility now. And so it affords us the opportunity to just keep meeting through the holidays, which had not always been the case. And so this was a bit new right. for us. And uh, it was a big deal. We we really had a fantastic couple of weekends, the 23rd, the Christmas weekend, and then the New Year's weekend, we, we uh, called it. Crosswalk unplugged and really simplified things, had one service, no children's um, stuff. It was a big family service, but we were packed and got a lot of feedback people there for the first time uh, with family members, that sort of thing. So it, it just, it's been a, a great season for us too. As we turn the corner, we're excited about the new year. Um, God has God has done so many crazy good things. I haven't even been there a year yet and uh, just feels like there's tons of momentum.
0: That's great, and of course, um, I might as well put a plug in for both of your podcasts. With your sermons coming from uh, Crosswalk Portland and Crosswalk Chattanooga, you can find those on any any platform, but certainly Spotify and uh, Apple. So we want to encourage people to do that so you can keep up with what's going on on our kind of our two larger campuses um, for sure. Which is which is really exciting. And if you want to kind of hear the wrap up from Redlands, I spent um, I did like a business meeting during the sermon. Like I downloaded way too much information about what's happening, but there's some amazing things happening and going on with Crosswalk Global, which is, I think, just super exciting. Um, so we, you know, I had a good time. We had a we had a pretty full house, I will say, for Christmas was slammed. Christmas was slammed. We were almost standing room only for every service. And then um, New Year's a little bit less, a little bit less, but still pretty good. I mean, people came out and it was raining, which in California, when it rains, I expect no one to ever come to church because, you know,
1: so crazy. I'm, I I think I've told you before, I have a cousin who teaches for UCSD um, mm. and, and she tells me when it rains, like half of her, she, half of her class just doesn't show up. Yeah. And those people
0: aren't even like, that's San Diego. That's barely rain. That's like, it's like a smattering of rain. God keeps San Diego perfect pretty much 24 seven. So. And you've never told me you had a, a cousin who, who teaches true. at UCSD. So true she's smarter business. than you.
1: She is smarter than me. Business leadership, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Oh, well,
0: that's pretty interesting. Um, we're going to move on. Not that I don't care about your family, but I think it's time to move on.
1: Um, I'm just saying, if we didn't, if we, if we didn't uh, go anywhere when it rained in Portland, we'd just stay in our houses and never Yeah, <laughs> You'd yeah. just
0: be quarantining all the time. Um, <laughs> Speaking of which, we're going to be up in Portland this next week. Um, we're going to spend a little time together working on our sermon series and kind of uh, fleshing that, the rest of it out for the year. How, what's the weather going to be like when we're up there? That,
1: that doesn't, that's probably not a podcast question. It's, I mean, you know, it, it's going to be lovely. It's going to be lovely. We're going to have a <laughs> great time. I just feel that's like lovely for you is We're going to eat well. We're going to eat really well. That's and what I'm that's, talking about. That's, uh, Portland is a very foodie kind of town. And so we will eat well. That's true. Excellent. all about it so what we're going to do is we're going to start talking about we're going to start
0: talking about our series um if that's all right that's coming that up sounds we've like a got, good idea we've got this new series called new wine that's starting this week it's a five-week series um and then we move in we we take a week off and then we move into our easter series which will be pretty interesting as well but uh let's talk about new wine a little bit here uh so that and obviously who wrote,
1: comes. Who, who wrote that sermon series new I wine oh i did oh you did okay did you, Just you're saying it you. like you didn't think I did. No, I'm saying like that's we usually say who the author is, and, oh, and so that was you, but I, yeah, I, it I didn't was me. Think you were and gonna I had a little
0: help from John Ciccarelli it. as well. Which, by the way, if you're not listening to the Abide podcast, you need to because it is I love the way he explains it. It is an unhurried look at sitting at the feet of Jesus, and it is. Like I, I told my congregation this week, please listen to it. Just not while you're driving. You will oh, definitely fine. become very. I boring.
2: listened. I listened for the first time yesterday, driving from <laughs> Oklahoma City to Flagstaff, and yeah, I, I had to be careful. <laughs> it's very soothing.
0: It's, it's very templative. soothing. He's a, he's quite a good producer too. He's got a he's a musician, so he's got a full on the studio at his house. So like the first one I listened to I was like, "John, you're making us all look bad." That's not really. Yeah. Not really fair. <laughs> but uh but yeah. So obviously the idea of new wine, we're taking this from um text that we find in the gospel talking about you don't pour new wine into old wine skins. So we could have called the series new Wineskins" as well. That would have made some sense. Mm-hmm. Um but but what it, i'm i'm
1: struggling coming up with that text uh luke it's, five um luke, is one place that's where i spent time end of luke five luke five uh, and i think, I think it's also mark. mark it's mark something uh, yeah yeah so where is it uh luke i'm five. at 537 um uh, Thirty-seven to thirty-nine. That's is, right. Is no one pours one. new wine into old wine skins.
0: Otherwise, the yep. new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out, and the wine skins will be ruined. No new wine must be poured into new wine skins, and no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new, for they say the old is better. That's kind of fascinating because all the texts say a little bit something a little bit different, hmm. um, and we don't need to exegete those texts. That's what we're going to be doing in our sermons. But um, when you guys think about new wine, what do you think? What do you think? What are you talking about?
1: What do you think the gospel is talking about? It's interesting. You said we could have called it new wineskins because to me, that's a, I've wrestled personally with the idea of new wine because there's a part of it that says, well, it's not new. It's, it's ancient. It's Jesus. It's this focus on the, on, on who God actually is, but it is new when we've spent so much time talking about everything, but Jesus, um, right. Right and and I liked what you you do in the series guide and starting out really kind of talking about the wineskins because that's what we get at Crosswalk. Um, you know, we get people that walk in and they think, oh, oh, so if I just do drums and coffee and lights, then I'll get the same you know kind of response or turnout that that you guys are getting, and and they don't they don't realize that that's just a that's an outgrowth of you know what our what our guiding principle is, which is the the new wine and the new focus on, on Christ, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've it's it's easy for people to
0: just um just think it's a new packaging, right? Go ahead, Dave. Yeah,
2: Yeah, the, the the container um is important because of what's in it, right? Um I I found myself thinking a little bit about this um with regard to Um, you know, so the first time Jesus, you know, Jesus shows up and he, um, he starts doing things, for instance, on the Sabbath that are controversial. Is that new wine? Um, is, is when God gives the Ten Commandments, is that new wine? Is what, what is new wine? And by the way, who, who's responsible for the wine, right? Or is that, because sometimes we talk about almost like we're responsible for the container. He's responsible for the wine, but I'm not so sure that that doesn't diminish or deny our calling to be the body of Christ. Right? So here's the thing that I kept coming back to is God is God, but he, and he, and he, I think it's appropriate and accurate to say he never changes in a setting that is constantly changing? Have you, You've had a conversation that went a certain way with a certain friend, and then you have kind of a similar conversation with another person that goes a completely different direction, right? Because that second friend is so different from the first. So you may not have changed who you are, but the conversation went a whole different direction because of the second party in, right? And we're the second party in that God comes to, and God doesn't Stay where he is on these subjects. He comes where we are, and he condescends to us. He he doesn't take this approach of look. I never change. I know what's true. You kind if you can get up here, then fine, then we're good. No, he becomes a burning bush. He becomes um, a pillar by you know fire by night. He becomes a baby in a manger. He becomes he does all these things. In his unchangingness that seem a lot like change um, because he meets us where we are. And then as soon as he meets us where we are, we decide that's the way he should always act and behave. And that's the wine, right? The, the thing that mattered to me. And then suddenly my kids are a completely different generation and man, they're in trouble because they don't do it right. And so mm-hmm. I, I've found myself thinking, God has been on an ever um here's a controversial word evolving process of how he talks to us and what he puts forward first or second or and that sounds a lot like change. The interesting thing is um there's a there's a consistency to wine, right, in, in the scriptural text. There's a it's grape juice, right? <laughs> It's it's not like it's just completely random. One day it's going to be petroleum we put in there, you know. Right? <laughs> there's a consistency to it, and yet new, right? And so that's the thing I've been wrestling with is, you know, we're not just about the skins. We're we're about what goes. The, the skins matter, but because of what goes into it, and what goes into it is the deal, and the wine is yeah, the so deal. You, so you're on.
0: You're almost talking about like new, newer, and newest wine is what it sounds like. You're talking about a renewing, a new renewable resource almost.
2: Well, that's the interesting thing is we will lock in on the metaphor in a single cycle and pretend that's what, uh, what all it's about. Jesus is implying right. a continual turnover because new wine is going to become old wine. And new wine is going to stretch the skins and change what it looks like. And it better be capable of that because it's going to get old. Oh, and by the way, then there's going to be new wine, <laughs> which these <laughs> new wine skins, which can be a problem for even how we think about success in a particular day, right? Today's success won't necessarily happen tomorrow. So what is 2024 for crosswalk? Just because, just because you you could you I mean God could have nailed it through crosswalk this 2023. That doesn't mean there isn't new wine coming.
0: Um, right. And that's interesting. It's super interesting because because what we see I think what we see in Scripture um, is is a a constant like God constant God constantly kind of reporting Himself, right. Out and different emphasis at different times and with, I think, the pinnacle of that being Jesus and the gospel and understanding of what salvation is through Christ. Um, but even that, I mean, y- you read you read the synoptics and then you read John, which is uh-huh. written significantly later, and there's already something new happening. There's already a different emphasis that needed to be made because people are already struggling with certain I- issues and
2: ideals. Well, yeah, I'm- think about the Ten Commandments. Who gave the Ten Commandments? Jesus. He is the I Am, right? So Jesus gives the Ten Commandments, and then he stands up as the Jesus on the face of the earth who comes, baby-turned-man, now in ministry, and he says, you have heard it said, but I say. Mm -hmm. And he might as well say, you have heard me say, but now I say, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Uh, it, it, and so it's not even just a rebuttal. This is new. It's same I've, I've got a new day for you. Uh, and, and it is often so impacted by the fact that we're not the same. Humanity isn't the same. God's going to meet us where we are. He can be changeless and yet changing. Those two things can both be true.
0: Right. I've got an interesting, i got a metaphor for you. Um, we all have multiple children right? And we love the children the same, but we don't treat them the same because the same is not equal, Mm. right? When we're dealing with personalities, when we're dealing with age, when we're dealing with situation, um, all that type of things. And so my love for God, you know, my, my love for my children, I should say, doesn't ever change right? That is unchanging. It is as much as I can love them. However, how I'm going to deal with them is going to be very different depending on who they are, what they are, what they're into, what they're not into. Um, and perhaps perhaps that's the idea of progressive revelation in some respects, right? Not to use a particularly theological term, but but God is progressively revealing himself and dealing with his people and dealing with their thoughts and processes. Why would we think that just when when we settled on the books of scripture, why would we think that God would stop working with his people in that way? Right. And I, that's, that's, I think that's yeah. part of the issue, right? Is that we think God stopped talking when, when we close the Canon. Um, but then we actually come from a faith tradition. that's like, nah, actually God still talks, but then we cut it off.
2: Once. That's because once. of our locking in on thinking about new wine and new wineskin in only one revolution right? In only one iteration, iteration, rather than that predicts continued iteration. So we use language like present truth, which for a listener here, that might be the first time you're hearing that language. But our faith tradition believes God has something to say that's specific to today. And today is not what it was yesterday. Goodness.
0: Or do we believe that? Or do we actually think those gifts were cessated?
1: Well, it depends it's on who the right word. Are. I think, I think there's a yeah. I think there's a difference between you know our what we say and what we practice, <laughs> right? Right. Um, and and I've been thinking a lot about that. I think I I think the idea of revolutions is a great way to put it, um, Dave. Um, be, because how do you stay? I mean, I think we see progressive revelation in scripture. I think that's what Jesus is, right? Is that, you know, like in the, in the, in the old Testament where this is how God is revealed. And then what does Hebrews tell us is that, you know, now, now God's revealed even more clearly through Jesus. Um, So you have that progressive revelation um, through there, but I've, I've been wrestling with, you know, the hardest thing I think is not to become the old. Wineskins that you know, Tim, Tim. You talk about the brittle nature of it, and and that in the in the series guide, um, you know, because as we as we age and as we get older, change. You know, we we really struggle with change, and we want to keep things the same. So, how do we stay pliable? How do we, you know, stay open to present truth and not close the door on what God has to reveal to us or how God is going to do those things? You know, what that is going to look like. How you know, I've been wrestling with that: is how to how to stay pliable.
2: I actually love the fact that the skins get old and brittle and need to be changed. Um because we don't accommodate well in our conversations about spirituality that it's a bit of a roller coaster ride with ups and downs. The implication can it can feel like our suggestion is give your heart to Christ and everything's an upward trajectory. That's the way that's gonna work forever. No. No, it's there's gonna be You know, Tim, you and I were talking a little bit about the Ezekiel passage about uh, take this stony heart and turn it into flesh and and a new heart. And we can kind of talk about that like, okay, that's the thing that happens right before baptism. And then you have a fleshy heart the rest of the time. I think the wineskins conversation almost implies that God knows, no, 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 no. Uh, And tomorrow I'll be here offering a new heart. And tomorrow I'll be offering a new heart. And then the next tomorrow, that's actually a bit refreshing to me. The met use of the metaphor that acknowledges that our spirituality has a natural kind of calcification to it that needs replenishment. And I love the word revolution because you think of it in terms of circular motion, but it's also the word for overthrowing something that needs to be overturned. And I just, I'm a big fan of Thomas Jefferson's quote, every generation needs a new revolution. And I'm almost wondering if, you know, seasonally every person needs repeated revolutions.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, another metaphor for you. I don't know if you guys remember getting like your first baseball mitt, first baseball glove. Um, I remember getting that and I remember my dad being like, Hey, there's certain ways that you gotta, you gotta manage this. And we got the oil and we oiled it up and kept it pliable and worked it. And then, and then I actually put rubber bands around, it was a softball mitt and, you know, put the softball in there. And so it yeah. formed to it. And I mean, I, there was a whole process, right? And my dad, I remember him saying, listen, this is something that you're going to have to do you know, every six months because you're not going to be using it all the time. And when you stop using it, it starts to become brittle and it's still, you know, the, the baseball glove that you have or the softball glove that you have, but it no longer is going to function the way you need it to. Um, if you're not using it all the time and keeping it pliable. And I think the same thing can be said, right? Dave, you talked about, you know, I, I gave my heart to Christ 40 years ago, but when do I need my heart renewed? When do I need that new wine? And, you know, we also talked about, we. You, you mentioned present truth and that's a, it's one of the reasons probably, if not the main reason that I'm a Seventh-day Adventist, if you want to know the truth, yep. that yep. we believe God is still working. We believe God is still revealing himself. And then we believe that we're learning more. We don't always function that way within our denomination. We're pretty, you know, stayed, stayed, S-T-A-I-D, if you will, denomination. But, but um, I was having this conversation with a pastor at one point and he was saying the same thing cause he was doing like a 28 week sermon series on, on why he's an Avenist. And I was like, Hey, what's, you know, I'm not going to listen to all that. What's the one, one thing, like, give me the highlight, the bullet point. And he said, Oh, it's present truth for sure. And I was like, Oh, that's amazing. I'm right. I'm right there with you. hundred percent. What are you going to let go of? Mm. And the conversation stopped. Mm and and he said what do you mean and i said well present truth there's certain there's certain truths that preclude other truths right there there is something uh called mutual exclusivity that certain things don't work together you can't just continue to add and assume that that all works together eventually you're going to add something that's going to preclude something else and so you're going to have to let something go man he did not want to engage that conversation there's a danger in that because then and and I said this on a podcast before, and it was fascinating because I had someone in the comments say, if, if truth doesn't stay or it changes, then it was never truth to begin with. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't think that's true at all. Right? Yeah. I don't think. Um, yeah. Like, why would Jesus talk about a new wineskin? And and why would he talk about new wine?
1: Yeah. I, I think that's one of the challenges within our denomination is that to me, it's become more and more clear that for, for a lot of people within the, the Seventh-day Adventist faith tradition, unless you're talking about everything all at the same time, then you're not talking about anything worth listening to. Right. So, so for example, if you're going to spend time, say, say focusing on Jesus, focusing on love, it's like, well, that's not enough. Like you, you have to also focus on, you know, and and name the list, right? You, you can't. You, you're not truly, you know, committed to all of the doctrine unless you're talking about all of them all of the time, right? Um, you yeah, know, and, I, and I and I agree with you. I think at some point you have to say like, this is what matters. That, that that's why people come and say, well, like Jesus is the spiritual milk. Like, yeah, I accepted Jesus, and then I had to get on to the meatier things of scripture. Um, you know, and, yeah. and I, I mm-hmm. guess that's what I, I yeah. It's like Jesus just isn't enough.
2: I think I'm I'm fascinated by that as well, that this, this, um, the idea that while something could be true, maybe it doesn't need to be said, um, or certainly elevated. In fact, there are times when true things are actually rude things, right? (laughs) Um, especially if they get in the way of the thing that is most needed. It can it it can it can ha ah, is this crazy to say it can border on untrue if it gets in the way of the most true thing right? I think about you know the kinds of true things that would have no place um in to in a conversation when somebody is sharing with you that they're in an abusive relationship and need help getting out i mean you there are all sorts of things that might be true that just to have no place in that conversation right. You know, if somebody's house mm. is burning down, something you might have told him yesterday when it wasn't isn't as big a deal to say right now. It's not. It's, right. Not, it's, right. It, it's irrelevant, right? So, the yeah. the idea that every true thing holds equal value, or else you're saying it's not true, uh, that that bothers me a lot. And I I do believe that we are in a in a scenario. I think it 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 we we spend time the three of us talking about. It the kinds of conversations we have with people who are reemerging in spiritual life, um, who, let's just be honest, what happens after you die is not at the front of the, you know, line of questions when you are actually trying to decide if Jesus would even accept me in the first place. Mm -hmm. No, that's good it's it's a i mean it's really
0: a fascinating conversation um how how the gospel stays relevant um how we how we create containers for that gospel if you will that are pliable and flexible and malleable enough to continue to grow. And that's one of the interesting things about this metaphor, right? Because we talk about new wine and we talk about new wine skins. And one of the things that is said is that you really need, if you're going to have new wine, you really have to put it in new wine skin, not just because it'll burst the old, but because the new wine skin is supple and pliable and allows for the exchange of gases, really, when we're talking about new wine, um, allows for that exchange of gases, which means there's an expansion that happens. One of the things that I've always found that, I shouldn't say that I've always found, um, this, is a, this is an observation, there's no analytics on this, but it seems to me that churches that stop growing, it's because they become brittle and dry and they have no room for the expansion um, of, of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I think if we're going to push this metaphor, that expansion of those, <clears throat> those chemical reactions is really the power of the Holy Spirit moving, right, to increase the volume churches that don't grow anymore. It's not just that they stopped thinking about growing. I've never, I've never been to a church. I've never consulted with a church. Um, and I'm sure there are some out there, but I've never been to one that's like, we just don't want to grow. We don't like anybody else. And we think we're the only ones that are saved and the only ones in need Jesus. I've never met that person. I've never met that church. However, I do know some that are so interested in protecting what they have. That they are not interested in the expansion of the kingdom through the Holy Spirit, which would force them to change.
1: Right. And they and they talk about, at least, you know, I've been in those situations where the church is clearly not in whatever they consider their heyday, mm-hmm. um, but they talk about it all the time. Right. You remember back when we used to have this and we used to have that and and it's as if there's we're like one pastor position away from getting back to the glory days um or or whatever I've and even I, known churches that have brought that pastor back from those glory days trying to recapture mm-hmm. that spirit and that's I don't know that that's ever gone well yeah. necessarily yeah yeah it's uh, it's hard look i think i think i was thinking about you know the expansion process and And that, and I, and I was thinking about the, um, I I can't remember who it was that did the initial model of like the four stage model of spiritual development, you know, and, and that first stage of falling in love and the second stage of, okay, well, what are the rules of this relationship? And then the third stage of, of chaos, um, which you have to go through to get to ownership. Right. Right. And I've often, um, you know, argued that once you enter chaos, I, I don't think you ever Leave it fully. I I think you always have a foot in it. If you're really open to, you know, what the spirit is doing, there's going to be questions are going to cause some, you know, like, oh man, I used to think this is true and now I'm not so sure. And I feel like I'm, I'm changing and I'm, I'm hopefully growing. That's what growth is. You know, we talk about the, the, uh, John 15, right. And, and another vineyard metaphor is that there are branches that grow that need to be pruned, um, you know, and stuff. So if that, and that's painful and that's going to hurt, but that's going to lead to better growth. Um, so I think maybe we, we develop these constructs to, to keep us from the discomfort. Right. Is, is that if we, if we set things up in such a way that we have the answers, um, then, then we can, we can stay comfortable. We can stay in a position where we, it's black and white. We know the answers. Uh, We don't have to be in the state of chaos anymore. Um, (laughs) You know, and yet I think maybe the other metaphor I'm drawn to in this series is like, is Paul saying to put on the new life, Um, you know, and, and putting on, I think it's Colossians uh, that he uses that where it's like every day you have to decide to put on clothes. Right. And so it's similar. It's like, you can put on the old self. You can pick up the things you've been carrying around, or you can put on the new self. Um, and you can accept what God is doing today in your life and what God has for you today. Um, but that, that takes just humility, and it takes a willingness to be sometimes in the chaos of the unknown. Um, and that's just, it's scarier in some ways.
0: Yeah, I mean, if God would just stop moving. Right. Right, we'd be fine. Well, and it's funny because, you know, know, when we're doing, I was, sorry, Dave, I was just going to say that we're, you know, we're doing a series on Acts this year and I've never preached a series on Acts where I haven't seen kind of um, pretty, pretty interesting things happen within the congregation. People capturing that spirit of God is on the move, right? Mm -hmm. We we like to function, I, I think we function as agnostics by and large. Mm-hmm. Right, we we have all the right language that God is moving, and then we absolutely do not expect God to move at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and everyone's so surprised when God makes good on His promise.
2: Mm-hmm. We're almost right. like, oh,
0: hey, wh-. he, he <laughs> kept right. it. Who knew?
2: Well, yeah. and it jostles us out of the things we're most comfortable with. Usually, so it's one of the things that we've been experiencing right. in, in Chattanooga um, through this season of change is. Um, there are, there are a lot of kind of the founding, um, participants who it's a challenge to deal with, um, more and new people. And, and on the other hand, Mm -hmm. if you talk about, well, what were we shooting for? What, What were we trying to see happen here? Well, we want people who may not have found the love of God to find the love of God. Well, but that means people right and that means well people which is messy and it's they're not all going to be our favorite people and they're and they're they're going to have issues and challenges they may and challenges. Even sit in your seat That's right and it's going to create all kinds of stuff um and that's not what it was right so now it's yeah. something new and different and you know you you start you you know the the stories and acts you start adding daily and multiplying and and people's toys get messed with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's wildly uncomfortable. And the truth is, too, we get to places of comfort and we protect them. And I think that's a perfect old wineskin conversation, right? Because it starts to get super fragile and we don't want to see things happen that could because we start to sense how fragile we are. And this could get broken in a hurry. We don't want people messing around right. with our thing, right? Um, and in the midst of that, Jesus keeps saying, yep, yeah, there's going to be new wine. There's going to be new wine. You better brace for some new wineskin too, because uh, it's coming. <laughs> yeah. so So God has always told us that this is happening.
0: And anytime a revival happens, we're surprised we're amazed. Right. right? right. Even though God's like, yeah, I'm doing this all. I'm doing this all the time. Like, what do you, you know, and a a revival is probably a lot less the, the appearance of the Holy spirit than the recognition that he's been there the whole time.
1: Yeah. I always love when, when people say, and I've said it, you know, like, Oh, God really showed up like, well, uh, I feel like maybe I showed up. Um, and God was there the whole time. Um, you know, and, and that's just so, I, I think, you know, uh, Tim, you said agnostic. I think it's, you know, it's that closet, um, uh, to, to use a word for my, a phrase for my mentor, a closet deist, mm. um, you know, is that like, yeah, we believe that God is there. He started things, but like the way we act is, is not that, you know, he's actually doing something in my life today. He's, he's going to show up today.
0: Well, but think about the, think about the danger is the danger that there is in, in proclaiming that God's going to move, right? You planting your flag in that space and Mm -hmm. saying, I believe God is going to do this. What if he doesn't? Then we have explanation. Then we have confusion. Then we have, you know, we've all had conversations with our kids or with young people who are like, how does prayer work? And you're like, yeah, let's be, you know, you get a little cagey, right? Because you kind of have to. Because A, you know, they're moving from abstract to a little more philosophical thinking. You don't want to destroy their faith. You know, God may not do what you're asking. Well, it says that he's going to do what I'm asking. You know, so we get really like, we get really careful. And I get that. I understand that. Um, and I think there's a, there's a kind of uh, claim it um, theology out there that might be a little oversimplistic. Um, like, if I claim it, God has to do it. Like, okay, well, let's be careful with that too, right? But at the same time, do if God says there's going to be new wine, so we've got to prepare the wineskins, right? Get the wineskins ready for this new wine, then it feels like we should be doing that, mm-hmm. right? And and in the, face of, in the face of criticism, in the face of, well, this doesn't sound like, you know, what we traditionally do. We didn't like, yeah, because God's not doing what he's traditionally done. God's going to do something new. He says this all the time, right? Yeah. I, you know, I'm all making, right. I'm making highways in the desert, you know, mm-hmm. I'm making rivers. Like I've, I'm always doing a new thing. What are you, what did you think? You yeah. think the way I worked with you is the only way I'm going to work? Yeah. That, that says little, that says very little about God and a whole um, lot about us.
1: Well, and we limit no. God. And so we put God in so many different little boxes that, yeah. you know, the only way he's going to show up is this way. The only people he can speak through is this people, the only revelation, you know, and, and then suddenly we miss out on the, the baby in the manger <laughs> because we were looking for the warrior on a horse, um, you know, and, and that that was the only way it was going to happen. Um, you know, so yeah, I totally agree with that. Is that, and you know, yeah, it's we we really wrestle because our 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 faith gets shaken. At, well, I let, let me say it this way: I I feel like I I've, I've been telling some of my young adults that the older I get, the more okay I am with questions that don't have answers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think that that's, you know, I think we, we feel like, oh, we get older, we get more answers. Like, no, I don't I don't know if that's necessarily true. For me, I think I'm more OK with the mystery and and I'm a little more trusting that, you know, God's got it um, and right. I don't have to know it. Um, and that's a hard that's not easy. I I mean, there are days, you know, and I always say that, like, I can say that in the face of not being in a crisis situation or not having to have answers to certain things right now. Um, But if my circumstances changed, something horrible happened in the family or whatever, I mean, uh, there would be a different set of questions and and I may want answers to those. Um, But I I think sometimes it's just, you know, remaining pliable is remaining in a place where you're okay with mystery.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, Tim, your inclusion of the Acts series that's coming up in this conversation with our New Wine series—it um, has stirred my mind in a specific direction. That that you know, it causes me to wonder sometimes the the new thing that God wants to do has to do with community. Um, that's what Acts really is about: spirit, the development of spiritual community. And it just threw me back to this last weekend because of where we landed. Um, I was. You just referenced the claimant kind of theology and you know in Luke <clears throat> the passage ask, you know, knock, seek, you know ask, ask, and it will be given to you and I found myself in in this last week's teaching noticing um that the lead in to that Jesus first of all responds to the disciples' request, teach us how to pray, and when he teaches us how to pray, he teaches us how to pray. As community, fascinating, right? I don't know how how far down the road mm. I had gone before I noticed our Father, right? Forgive us our debts. Give us this day our bread. It's all it's community language. He's teaching us if in that one pivotal moment where we're saying, "Hey, we're not so sure how to pray." But give us whatever you got on how to pray. He's going to do it as community, right? And then leads right into a parable that's about asking about seeking, about knocking incessantly, instead saying stay with it. And in the parable, he's helping us see how his giving us of the daily bread is for feeding each other, right? And um, I find myself thinking, um, especially for a faith community that sometimes has a bit of a um, defeatist view, like we we're, we're really aren't going to succeed. It's not what we're even called to. <laughs> that growth isn't what what God has in store for us anyway, where we have kind of a tiny, tiny man uh, syndrome. Um, I wonder, Mm -hmm. you know, what new thing he has in store for us and if it might have to do with community. We're going to lead from our new wine series right into a commitment series. And, you know, anybody who's listening to this right now, who's a Mm -hmm. participant locally on a campus, of our crosswalk campuses, boy, I plead with you to be talking to Jesus about, ask him for a face to come to your mind, somebody who's going to be mm-hmm. your person to walk through that series through into Easter. And maybe that's the new thing that's going to be happening person by person by person um, as we go, that it's, it's uh, actually uh, the revolution has to do with community. Yeah. No, that's, that's,
0: that's so good, you know, and it's so, I, I, I kind of did a church and business meeting for the sermon. Like I kind of did a wrap up of 2023. And when we got to start talking about Crosswalk Global, I put everything up on the screen. Right. And to see, to see, um, you know, from, you know, a a community of 1500 people, um, to communities of 40, and 50 that are just as viable just to be clear like size yep. is not size doesn't make the community in fact sometimes size hurts the community we know that mm-hmm. um like these are real groups of people who are committing their lives, who are committing their, their finances, they're committing their time, they're committing their homes in some respects to bring a community together around some of our organizing principles that we hold up as values. Um, and the, and the new wine and new theology that I believe we're, we're preaching. Um, like I had to take a moment in one of the services, like, wow, God is doing something overwhelming here. And we need to, we need to recognize what God is doing. And, you know, for us, it's so much, it's so much infrastructure and how we're making this work and who, who we should hire here and put here. And, you know, are they on brand? Or are they not on brand on social media? Like all those conversations. But at the end of the day, people are gathering together to be in community with one another based around the organizing principle of Jesus Christ and Jesus being all. Um, that's, that is Acts, right? That is first century Christianity in a new, you know, in a new wineskin. This is, this is God reminding us that um, he's going to make his promises new and renewable and that, that new wine is going to be new and renewable as well. And that's, you know, we're seeing that happen. And I, you know, I'm, I'm always hesitant to use the term revival because, you know, I think God is in always in the revival business, but, but he's been willing to do something through his faithful followers here at crosswalk and i'm like it's real and it's community yeah. right i look I, I look at our team in in north houston and they were in a home for two and a half years they started an rv like they literally started a guy's recreational vehicle and now
1: they've got a place and they're meeting and it's phenomenal it's just amazing Yeah, Tim, I I did a little bit of that. I did kind of the top 10 things reflecting both on our local community and what God's been up to, but then also, you know, through Crosswalk and in that slide, instead of kind of having that, you know, and this year we did this and then this group and this group and this group added, you know, over time I went straight from in the slide, like, okay, in 2017, we had, there was Redlands campus and then in 2023, and there's just an explosion. Right. Right. And, and that, and it gave me chills on the stage just to see it on the screen. Like, man, you see what God is up to? This is crazy. This isn't, and, and to know too, and, and I don't know how many of our listeners realize this, but it really hit me when you said this once, Tim, you were like, you know, we've never gone to a place and said, Hey, we're going to, we we'd like to plan a crosswalk here. It's always been like people that have come to you know, crosswalk leadership and say, Hey, we like what you're doing. We'd like to do that here. And that's just the Holy spirit. And, and going back to, you know, Dave, what, what you said about those metaphors, when Jesus is teaching how to pray, what's interesting is that in Matthew, it says, you know, like, and it talks about who of you, if your child asks for, you know, a a loaf of bread would give him a stone and, and that kind of thing. Right. In Luke, well, in Matthew, it says, um, you know, like how much more will your heavenly father give you what, you know, when, uh, give you a blessing when you ask or whatever it is in, in Luke, it gets specific and says, how much more will God give the Holy spirit Mm -hmm. to those who ask? And, and I think that that's the, that's what we're in the business of, of, you know, just trying to seek and be open for let the Holy spirit being poured into us that new wine. And, and man, I, I see it happening and I've been in ministry, you know, for, twenty four years and and this is some of the most exciting stuff that I've seen because I feel like I feel like the spirit is just on the move and and the fact that we get to be a part of that um is is I just it's so exciting um and humbling and you know who knows where we're going next. Um, you know, but it's it's uh yeah. It's awesome to watch and be a yep. part of. It's good. And stuff. in the midst of it, we've gotta be honest. Listen guys, I think
2: that- it's disruptive too, right? Um, you know, new wine, it's disruptive. So hang on. Yeah, that's right. right.
0: That's right. Guys, uh, this has been a phenomenal conversation. I appreciate it. Dave, we want to get you out and get you to, uh, the Grand Canyon before you, uh, hightail it over to
2: Burbank.
1: Dave, do you just drive by the Grand Canyon and say, oh, look, there it is. Is that how it, I don't know how it works. Like, do you stop?
2: That's it. We'll (laughs) stop. We'll get out, stretch the legs, drive to another overlook scenic overlooks from the car no well there's probably not going to be a lot of hiking <laughs> there's not going to be a mule involved i'm quite certain of that
0: <laughs> well then it's then have you even really seen it it really is the question uh, it's probably not um well listen everybody Thank you, so much for, thank you so much for joining us uh, today on the Sacred Echo podcast. We look forward to you uh, subscribing and being a part of what we're doing all the time, um, as well as the podcast from Chattanooga, the podcast from... Um, Portland. Of course, the podcast from Redlands, as far as the sermons go, make sure you get the daily abide podcast, our new discipleship podcast coming out every single day. And of course, the series guide, all the different ways you can get that. Thank you so much for being a part of what God is doing through Crosswalk Church. Guys, thanks for being here. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sacred Echo podcast. This has been brought to you by Lovewell Creative in partnership with Crosswalk Church. If you would like to give for more digital content, please go to www.crosswalkvillage.com give and click on the online option under fund. Thank you so much for giving. Thank you so much for supporting. And thank you so much for being part of what God is doing through Crosswalk Church and Lovewell Creative.